0: From a derelict spaceship in orbit generally above the Twin Cities, this is Evil Games Club. Do not attempt to adjust your device. We are controlling the transmission to tell Nice Games Club that they are wrong and dumb and that we know better.
1: I'm Dylan Skurbitz, and I'm up to no good.
2: I'm Adia Alderson, and I do what I want.
0: And I'm Dale LaCroix, and I hate everything. For this Evil episode, our topics are playing outside your genre, game difficulty, and cheating. And so, whether you're ready or not... Here's how it really is. Yay! (laughs) Great success. Hello again. So nice to see you.
3: Been a while.
0: It has been a while. So, most importantly, how's everybody's hair? Good.
1: It's rough. It's been real rough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like for me, I've been able to do, okay. So I've been like experimenting with styles and like the main one I've been going to is crochet braids and I've gotten really good at it. And it's like one brand that I've been using a lot is Boho Locks, not paid or promoted, but if you want to sponsor me Boho Locks, I will take it.
1: Uh, Wow. (laughs) Right off the bat.
2: (laughs) Uh No, they're like really easy to put in. I've been able to do it myself. And so like, everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, I haven't been able to go to my stylist and stuff like that. Like I can do it myself now. And like, you know, the last time I got mm. it done, they charged $100 a pop to put it in. And now I can do it myself for free. So, yeah. I'm doing pretty good with my hair. Good.
1: My hair has finally reached the point where my bangs perfectly hit me in the eye every time I bend forward. So I've started using, oh, where is it? I have a giant barrette, mm. you know, like the ones that they used to hold, <gasps> use like a whole old woman bum that I just sort of strapped to my head here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's truly effective, but it makes me look like some sort of alien. <laughs> hey, i mean from this
0: angle, angle with headphones on you look just fine
1: <laughs> yeah that's the thing is it's very hard to tell because everything's sort of sleeked back right now yeah you know growing like having martha as the only other person in the house like she has shorter hair than i do and pretty much always has so it's not like mm. we have any hair ties or barrettes <laughs> like, <laughs> or like normal things you're supposed to have it's just like nothing can't do it
0: normal lady <laughs> i've been using
1: rubber bands for my ponytail
2: Ah. Uh, Oh no! Those like, I mean, snag your hair. You gotta get those nice satin ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I have done that before, and I think it depends a lot on your hair texture. And so mine has been pretty good because mine's pretty like fine and sleek. But like the other trick I use when I worked in the lab is if you cut the you know like a nitrile glove, if you cut the ridge off the edge of it, that makes oh, a perfect one that almost never. <laughs> oh <sticks>. wow! <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I mean, thanks to the pandemic, nitrile gloves are a thing I have plenty of.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so then that's my trick. Also, if you get long enough, you can put chopsticks in your hair.
1: Yeah, well, I'm on a moratorium. I told Martha, I'm done with this. I'm cutting it. And she was like, no, don't. It's so nice. I was like, what are you talking about? It's hideous. But I guess she's into the mountain man thing. Uh
0: (laughs) You got that going. I was going to mention your beard, which is long as it usually is.
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell. That's the thing, is the beard just like all the friction from winter coats and stuff, I feel like my beard never gets beyond this length. Like it just it, com- it erodes away practically at the bottom.
0: So. Yeah, it's like yeah. a couple inches below his neck.
1: Yeah, I'd say right now that's yeah, maybe three inches total, maybe three and a half.
0: Yeah. Well I was... It's gotten
1: more voluminous, certainly. So like, you know, after I shower and I pull it out so it can dry, I can get it out, you know, like <laughs> three inches a on seat. either side of my head.
0: Oh I had yeah, well, no idea. It, <laughs>
1: It just, it dries really different because my, so my hair is very, very thick and like fairly oily. So however I leave it after the shower, it just holds that shape. So like, especially with the beard, you want to like spread it out, get some like good heft to it because that's how it's going to look, you know, for the next two days until Ah. I shower, you know, like when I (laughs) bring it down. So like today, yeah, I just wasn't paying attention and I I got up super late this morning. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah, it's like, it's compacted, but it'll get, it'll get bigger.
2: Yeah. so I was going to say beard products.
1: I not not really. I use regular. Yeah. I use hair sh- hair conditioner. I use okay. Tresemme or something like
3: that. <laughs> I just,
1: tre- <laughs> <laughs> I, so I bought a giant tres-se-me? jug of it at Costco many years ago, and that's what I use.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was like, all I wanted to tell you, Dylan, about your beard was you should start braiding it and see if that makes it grow longer.
1: You know, it might, like having a little stronger consistency to it might help, but it's, the problem is it's really not long enough. You can like, you know, three oh, yeah. inches of beard gets it's down a, to like, the, it's a, a tiny, little, tiny, little, it's braid. a very sad braid. <laughs> I don't want to be that Rasta guy with the soul patch that sticks out, you know, that's <laughs> just not me.
0: Uh, I had Mark cut my hair. It was interesting because he definitely like pulled it all together and then like, Felt like he was hacking at nice. it, but it turned out fine <laughs> as far as I know, because nobody else sees my hair. It looks fine. Anyway, Um, so, so th- important meta for everybody else. We're still in the pandemic, and welcome to Evil Games Club. Okay, you ready for a epic level transition?
1: All right, hit me with it.
0: If I grew a beard, I would be playing outside my genre, which is our next topic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I appreciate it. So uh, this kind of came about during the pandemic. So if you've heard the other People G- Games Club episodes, you know that I mainly play story games. Think visual novels, you know Japanese RPGs, um, those types of games in that field. I rarely play kind of either shoot 'em ups or um, kind of Dark Soul esque those type of games. But a friend of mine mentioned Dandara and, like, first, the head of Black Female Protagonist, Brazilian, I think, to be um, specific, but I have to double check on that. Um, but and I was like, oh, this looks really cool, and the story felt fun. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explore outside my genre. I don't play these types of games. It was fun. And let me preface that before I say the words I'm going to say after that. The game was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was very difficult. Like, I'm not used to that. Like, I, I was playing the game and, like, after certain parts, I had, like, been focusing so hard that my hands were, like, sweating and shaking. I as get I was that, like,
0: color. I get that sweatiness. And then I have to, like, wipe yeah. it off on my pants. And, like, right? yeah. Right? because yeah, I'm like, my
2: heart was beating fast and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, I got to take a break. So I had to, like, sit down and, like, I don't know, watch Bob Ross for an hour before I could <laughs> come back and play.
0: <laughs> You're revealing um, your relaxation techniques.
2: <laughs> right? Oh, his voice is so relaxing. And he's just little trees. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so, like, I felt like, like, normally don't like like when I play a video game I don't want it to beat me in submission and ask me if I want more (laughs) I want to enjoy the 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 experience but like I did have fun like I was like going through and like it was not an experience I would do again like if someone's like I have a game like Dendara would you like to play that I'm like no I've tried Dendara I've experienced what I need experience no more
0: I've had a taste I'm good
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then a friend of mine who I met online Um, met a lot of new friends during this, uh, panoramic anyways. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It broadens your view. Right. Um, but anyways, she had gifted me bloodstained ritual of the night. And I'm like, Oh, not another one of these. All right. I'm going to be polite and put a couple hours on it. So she doesn't just gift it to me. And I never touch it. So I go ahead and play it. And like to give you. I am like 92% complete and now I'm not just working for like the end game completionist before I beat the final boss. Like I, I, I delved into it hard and like for someone who loves story, I'm just going to say the story's trash. I'm skipping scenes. The voice acting's fine. Like but that's not the problem. The actual story is like, I can literally sit there and like guess what they're going to say because it's that predictable.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I know all the beats. I don't, I don't need to see what's going to happen. It's like they made the game they're like oh shoot we need a story and then they just sprinkled some context around it but it didn't have that same punishing feel like i felt like anytime i was somewhere i'm like okay i could see how the developers or the creators of the game intended for this how to go but you know i could just max level my shield right here and just bulldoze through with lightning like even though or like if there's a part where like i just keep dying i'm like okay I can just get good and learn how to dodge everything, but they're using fire. So I'm just going to max my fire resistance and blow through this. Like it, it, it lended itself to like really good gameplay where I certain, It was still hard. There's certain places are friendship and I died a lot in this game, but I never felt angry. Like I never like had to go sit down. Bob Ross didn't show up at all during my playthrough. Let's stay. <laughs> <laughs> And it felt really good. And like, I've tried it. like hollow Knight gave me that same, like, I can't do this. Like, I quit Hollow Knight like I was like halfway through and I was like I cannot do this like I am now like I am more anxious after I'm done playing Hollow Knight than going in and I was like it's just not for me and so now I'm looking for like that I'm outside my genre but I don't know where to look I'm like I want something like Bloodstained I want that Metro still I still want difficulty but I don't want Dark Souls mm-hmm. and so yeah it's it's it has been a ride <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I also was recommended Bloodstained in pretty much the same way where I was sort of complaining about the lack in my life of like sort of... For me, it was Rogue Legacy because when I, Rogue Legacy came out, that's where I, I really got into the Metroidvania style because as like the, the way you point out, that's a game where if you don't have the get good mentality, you just power through it until you're so overwhelming that everything like just evaporates in front of you. Like, <laughs> and that's very much my style. You know, I also like... I'm here to get entertained. When I play a video game, like I don't want to be challenged. I can go and like do math if I want to be challenged, and <laughs> feel a sense of accomplishment. Like bulldozing is very much the way that I enjoy video games. And so, mm-hmm. for the same reason, I played through Bloodstained and I got to like the like the first ending, which I think is like 25 percent completion or whatever. Yeah. Like, you. So it's one of those games. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's one of those games where it's like like the castlevania series in particular really invests heavily in like different story story storylines that are all garbage uh but like different ways to play and different like secrets that you will find as you develop sort of your understanding of the game and i got to the first like boss and beat it and then it said like you know the sad you got the bad ending spiel and i was just like okay and moved on like (laughs) i just i never went back i was like i got the bad ending that was the end of the game i had no desire to play it because you sort of uh Yes. Contrary to, to Rogue Legacy, I found that like the thinking that goes into it to where, where I had to stop and say like, hmm, I should probably like really max my lightning because I'm going to be having to deal with this sort of person. Like that was the part that lost me. Like I just wanted to be running through rooms as fast as I could. <laughs> and as soon as you introduce thinking to it, it's like, well, I might as well just go play, you know, Final Fantasy IX or something where I have like actually use my
2: brain. I feel like that's one reason why I was attracted to Blitz. I like, play a ton of those JRPGs. Like I'm the one that like brings out the spreadsheet. I'm like, okay, I have this much resistance when I go here and I'm gonna max this up here so that it connects with it, has synergy with this and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I can see the, the 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 difference.
1: But in addition to that, uh I also picked up Hollow Knight this year for this for exactly the same reason. And I also yeah, I also found that to be punishingly difficult. That at least, yeah, I'll say that's in a whole different that's more in like the Dark Souls style, like, like deliberate to make you feel bad kind of way. Like, Castlevania is not easy, but, like, it's very old school. And it's like, here is the way it's structured, and you are supposed to play it as a connoisseur of that type of game, it feels like. Whereas Hollow Knight is like, yeah, you want some 2D Dark Souls? Because we'll hit you in the butt. <laughs> so I got to that and, like, you know, got through the first two bosses, pretty much experiencing the same thing as you, were like just, like, finishing, drenched in sweat, not knowing. But, like, something about it was like, you know that's the kind of game for me where like, I feel like I'm going to come back to it at some point and like, do like almost like a boss a month kind of thing where it's like this month, I'm going to spend 10 hours figuring out how to get, you know, like this much mm-hmm. further in hollow Knight because yeah, there's something, I don't know. And I think for hollow Knight the thing that does it for me is the atmosphere. Like, I love the spooky bugs. I love, like, sort of the sad, decaying thing. Like, it's actually one of the reasons that I wish that I was good enough to play Dark Souls (laughs) because I like the idea of, like, buried lore and, like, cool sort of falling apart worlds. I just don't have the time for the difficulty in either of those circumstances.
2: Right, and I feel like that's the same thing. What? I'm blanking on the name. It's a game similar to Dark Souls, but you're, like, in, like, the turn of the century and, like... Uh is this the one with
1: guns, Bloodborne?
2: Yes, Bloodborne. That's it. Thank you. Uh Bloodborne. Like I looked at him like I like the lore, I like the feel, I want to play it, but I'm like, I'm I know what's gonna happen <laughs> when I start that <laughs> game. It's just not gonna end well. And uh-huh. that's been a controversy for a while, because I remember on Twitter and I can't remember the games, but there was a controversy about a game coming out in that similar style of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that. And they were originally gonna come out with a difficulty thing. So you could set the difficulty in the beginning. So like People who still want some challenge, but, you know, trying to fulfill that, like, power play fantasy can still enjoy it um, and not have to go through. And then, like, as Twitter does, uproar. No, we can't do that. It changes oh. the integrity of the game and stuff like that. And so they end they ended up not doing it.
0: That's terrible because I love the easy setting.
2: Thank you, and I it maybe came to that. Time. And I feel like I were now just <laughs> to, yeah, like, the next topic. Yeah, we like, just
1: ignored this topic and went straight to game difficulty. But whatever, yeah. we can
2: circle back around. It's we'll a circle back around. Mm-hmm. But it's that thing of like, like almost as if your achievements are somehow diminished when there is a mode or something added that affects nothing of your gameplay. And that it was very hard for me to like sit and try to see that mindset. I'm like, okay, if the easy mode's there. You can just ignore it. You just play the game. You can like close your eyes and tell someone to pick the difficulty for you. So you are going even have to see the word easy <laughs> when you start the game. But like just the fact of it's there seemed to upset people. They're like, oh, we don't have to accommodate or, you know, if you want to play this, it's like you said, it's that get good mentality that I think mm-hmm. and I hope eventually will fade away from the gaming community. Right? Well, it feels like,
1: like a very sorry. Go ahead, Dale.
0: Oh, I was going to say that it. Feel, like i wonder what the 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 reasoning i mean it's not reasoning it's emotion because most most arguments mm-hmm. are one emotionally but what that is if it's something where you want everybody to to be as scared and tight gripped and sweaty hand as did as you are or is it a thing where because that that pulls into the motion you just don't realize that some people are really bad at it and so they'll get that effect on easy versus like uh i had to learn how to play this game and play this type of game and get good at mashing the buttons and exactly the right and reacting everybody else should too
1: right it feels very much like uh to me it reminds me of a lot of sort of you know sort of I don't want to get too political, but the political divisions in this world that focus on the difference of equality of starting place versus equality of outcome. Because the people who, who want these games to have their one way, like the one hard way that you have to beat it, like it seems to stem from this like under like it's a measurement stick for them because it, it's in for people who don't think of people who start at different different ability levels different skill levels all these things that would make a game like vastly more punishing to someone who is not like specifically in this mindset you know where that that's the sort of game they seek out that they they don't consider that that there could be people who derive that sort of value from an easy mode you know like because there's there's this gatekeeping strain that has sort of crossed like I feel like it's very traditional video gaming to be snooty and stuck up about people who you know are less good than you because it came from this very competitive and pre- like capitalist predatory place. You know the the arcade mindset is definitely still in place where. There are these people who think, well, I'm the best, so I should get to play the most and the longest. And it just doesn't seem to go away, even though we're a full generation past these people who are fighting over, you know, who got to play Street Fighter 2 next, you know, standing in line. With their we're just quarters. not in that world anymore. But that has persisted because there are those people who are like, well, you know, people were mean to me because I wasn't good at sports. So I'm going to be mean to people who are less good at me in video games. which is just such a weird concept to me.
3: hmm <laughs>
2: Right, and I, um, I feel like it, I, I get the understanding, like the feeling of accomplishment of playing something really difficult and putting in the hours and times and like whatever it is to see the content or whatever you get and X, Y, Z. And knowing that like someone else didn't do that, but still saw a similar content and still beat it. So like if two people were like, let's say there's a dragon in there that's really hard named Zeus. I beat the dragon Zeus and like two people, one may have done it on easy mode and one may have done it on a more harder difficulty. I like, I feel like both are still valid, but I think the problem is they're like, Oh no, you didn't really beat it. Cause you didn't that, do it on like the that's actual. What the trophies higher difficulty are for,
0: Cause it will tell you what <laughs> difficulty you're on.
2: It's Yeah. And I feel like, <laughs> right. And it's that, that mindset and mentality. I agree with you Dylan. that. Like it seems to like keep crossing over into like more and more stuff. And then the weirdest one is when it comes into play in games that never even have that intended in the first place. And it's it's back to similar to genre and difficulty. Like when I was just playing more story-based games, it comes to that same mentality. Oh, those games are really hard or they're not really difficult or you only play the easy games and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, no, I enjoy it. Some of those decisions are really difficult. <laughs> I romanced all five characters in my visual novel and got the good endings on every single one. <laughs> <laughs> that is an achievement for me. Anyways. Um but no, yeah, or like Stardew Valley and you know, Harvest Moon on all these games that are like casual games and don't oh, have man. that the much. animal
1: crossing wars of yes. people bragging about <laughs> their different crossed flowers. I had to endure that for five months this summer. <laughs>
2: And that's a good example of a game that has the whole premise of like calming. Everything is kind of easygoing. There's no lose state. And still that competitive nature comes in. Like, you're right, Animal Crossing. You, you wouldn't exactly put that genre with like high competitiveness. But it, like, it came about. And you're like, how? <laughs> but yeah. And so when I started to play like these more Metrovania fre- games, I had people like, oh, you're starting to play those real games now. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. Real games. I'm always been playing real games stuff like that. But yeah, it like it gives you more gamer cred when you are playing more difficult games. And I'm air quoting heavily as I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <it>. yeah. There's
1: <laughs> been so many air quotes throughout this whole conversation. Is <laughs> as, as if the derision in our voices wasn't enough. Right. But yeah, I think about that, and particularly when it comes to difficulty, you know, there's so much. Uh, there's so so much room for the industry, I think, as a whole, to grow in that way. Because I've been playing, especially this year, it feels like it. I and I know there are lots of games that have good accessibility settings, but it just in the number of games that I've played that all have made a point of like rich and diverse accessibility settings. As essentially, that is the difficulty system. Like in Control, for example, which is I think an absolute standout i think we may have already talked about this but the fact that you can go into control and set everything you set enemy health you set how much damage you can do you can flick on various types of god mode is just like so freeing to be like yeah everyone i knew played that game and we all were like yeah do you remember this part when that guy jumped out and like really scared you like there are all these great beats and we all got this story that was like tense you know it's a game that engenders tension in you but everyone I know was able to finish it because everyone, like, they, they pin- pinpointed that way they wanted to play it. And the game was like, yes, like, I want you to experience this. And it just feels so much like a world away from the kind of difficulty of things like Monster Hunter, which I've been playing a lot of, which I love that game. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's just mean. Like, everything about it is like you have to do everything right and you have to, like, be very meticulous. And then sometimes it will still just c- kill you. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's, like, I understand how, like, I I can get the thrill out of that, you know? Like, in Monster Hunter, when you take down a big monster, like, yeah, you're air-punching, you feel great, but, like, did I really have to spend, like, the 10 hours, like, laying out my crafting menu so that I could awkwardly hit the buttons in the right succession? Like, oh couldn't gosh. you have just done that for me? Like, was that really, was that critical to the experience of feeling like I did something? No, it isn't.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I would have given up on that game, I can tell you that. (laughs) Like like I like spreadsheets and like wikis, like most I think they should not be necessary to play games.
2: I think it depends on the game. Like Yeah. I for games that have extensive crafting systems, I enjoy having the wikis and I'll look up stuff and things like that. And like I'm I'm okay. I was like thank you. Like Stardew Valley. I I look at the Stardew Valley wiki quite regularly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just because there's just so much and there's a lot of vastness um divinity original sin 2 their crafting system and then the newer edition 2 um original sin no is that the new one anyways all of the divinity games have a rich crafting system and that also lends itself to a really good wiki but the thing is like it plays well and like rewards you for doing so and it's the exploration of kind of like figuring things out and like oh we can combine this oh it's really cool and it plays well to the strategy where i feel like more like what you're talking and dealing it's like they're almost like extenders to the game just to make it longer that you have to do these things to get to the part that you really want to do like it doesn't lend itself to the creativity that kind of comes with good crafting systems that lend itself to that point of like needing the wiki to like this feels like arbitrary. It's like busy work at school. You, you, yes, you know. exactly. Where it's just
1: like, yeah, there's 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 a crafting system, and instead of that encouraging me to go like, huh, so if I put like snow herbs and fire herbs, do I get something? Like, there's none of yeah. that. It's there's a crafting system sis, simply so it can tell me go out and get ten snow herbs now. Like <laughs> that's it. That's the crafting system. You know, like it. It's uh, I guess I I I agree with you on the wikis a little bit. I am a total hypocrite because I remember when minecraft came out on consoles and i was all up in arms that minecraft and consoles just tells you how to craft things like what i had to drop my bricks in a square you know like this is unbelievable <laughs> you know yeah like there's a definitely uh there's room for those sorts of games but it just I, and i i particularly think like the larian studios one too for different original sin 2 I was really mad when I discovered out you could combine spell books because there was never in the game you could <laughs> miss that entirely. And I'm like, there's an entire set of spells that I've literally never used in that game because I was like, oh, wait, there's just a whole crafting system that's never mentioned. And that is like, I don't know. That's that's a little above above and beyond for me.
2: Right. That, yeah, there's a level of like you need to introduce the mechanics and also introduce the, Oh, speaking of which, For all of you who are going to play Bloodstain, because they don't mention it, they don't talk about it, they don't say it anywhere, it is not a spoiler, it is information you need to know, so you're not like me on the final hour realizing this and now leveling all these up. You will get these yellow shards, if you level them up to nine, you get them permanently. They never tell you that. They just assume you're going to level one up to level nine, and then magically you see, oh, it's a permanent skill now. No, I never did. I was like, okay, waste of resources, I'm going to use these for the other things you know, it gives me marginal MP boost or attack boost. Mm -hmm. Why would I do that when I just want X, Y, Z? No, no, it it, it does that. I I felt the same way where, like, that was information I needed in the Uh beginning so I could plan myself accordingly as I play. Welcome to
1: Game Hints. It's our podcast within a podcast starring the host of (laughs) Evil Games Club. I just want to (laughs) drop in, since we're doing this, to mention really quick, in Monster Hunter, specifically in Monster Hunter Rise, the Switch version, they changed it from all the other Monster Hunter games now if you cut capture a monster, you can capture it, or you can kill it. And normally, if you capture it, that was, like, good. You know, in, in the other Monster Hunter games, if you capture it, ooh, good job, you get extra rewards. And they changed specifically that to now capturing and carving have different resources that they drop, and it's never mentioned. So, like, <laughs> if you are the side of a person like me, who's like, why would I kill a monster when I can be nice and capture it? You'll never get the Magna Molo Tail Plus, and you'll never finish your Sword and Shield. <laughs> oh,
2: that's Wow, that's brutal.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Dale, what's your uh, tip? What, what game would you like to warn people about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot.
0: I don't know because I, oh, I've been playing Spirit Fair fishing minigame. There are things where you're like fishing. You can't get any of these special fish until you level up, but you just think you're bad at fishing.
1: good to know all right everyone thanks for tuning into our show within a show now back to your regularly scheduled show
0: where we (laughs) complain about stuff
2: (laughs) right it's weird when like certain games i feel like it was like an implementation that was supposed to happen but they're like you know what we then they just forgot to come back and fix it because bloodstain does that too so the entire time and this is another good tip they'll be like you can't have too many shards if you have too many shards you know (laughs) it'll corrupt you it doesn't matter a thing. If you go through selling your shards, you'll get to the end and realize it didn't even matter and you wasted time selling shards. There's no consequences for having a million shards. There's no story changes for having a million shards. Get as many shards as you want. No one will care. But they'll keep saying it like, oh man, you're sure you don't want to sell some? You have quite a bit there. And I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good.
1: <laughs> all right, oh, yeah. maybe yeah so we, they were we, gonna
2: do something there, and then
1: yeah, they got to the point where they're like,, ah, I guess that's just a fun little red herring Jesus
0: uh-huh.
1: well, good this is a good reminder to all the the nice games club people when they listen through this tutorialize
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a, I mean, I think they did that topic right about good tutorials a mm. while ago, yeah. yeah, it's important like I <laughs> There's many games where I've been so angry when I've been like, okay, I'm halfway through. I'm like, why can't I beat this? And someone's like, oh, you have to do this, this, this. And I was like, they never talked about that mechanic. They never said, oh, then you must have missed this one part where they briefly mention it within a rhyme and a story and a song. Oh, my dance God
1: well that's like like, the famous thing in in adventure games right where they're like yeah you just had to combine the pomegranate with the screwdriver that's very simple like oh yeah if i go through and try every single item in my inventory with every other one eventually i'd stumble on that combination but i don't think pomegranate plus screwdriver equals carburetor that's just not mm -hmm. how my brain works
2: (laughs) right and i feel like it's this weird thing of like back to difficulty they like they don't want to be like oh we don't want to hold their hand in the beginning in the tutorial because people complain about it, oh here's the tutorial level the land and I have to go through all these things I know how to do it but that's really helpful I feel like it's a small price to pay to get to the game and at least you know everything and those places that like will just sprinkle in what they need to know when they need to know it and that usually I would say 50% of the time that works and the other 50% I'm just kind of like scratching my head and I'm like I think I'm supposed to know what to do here, but I don't. And then there I go to the wiki (laughs) (laughs) because I have no idea what to do. (laughs) I think that only happened once in bloodstain for like actual progression where I was like actually stuck. And I'm like, where am I supposed to go? And I had to look it up. And then I like swore for a couple minutes because I was like, no one would have figured this out. This is literally just me just trial and error in this area until I just happenstance on the spot. But I figured it out and I moved on and everything else is fine by then. But that was that was really annoying. And
1: this is why I love the Dishonored games, because you can play through the stealth, you know, try really hard to not to kill people. And then when that stops working, you shrug your shoulders and become an angel of death, bearer of destruction. <laughs> like, it's great. It's a great game because it allows you to do whatever path you want up until that no longer works for you.
2: <laughs> See, I wanted to play those games, actually. I just haven't got around to it. I have a very long list. And you would think being home 24-7 would allow me to play all these games that are on my really long list. But no, I feel like the only game I've gone to actually finish, I've played Caller X Malice, which is a visual novel on the Switch. I finished that, and now I'm about to finish Bloodstained, the entire pandemic. Two
1: games. Yeah, I feel like I, I like I, I got laid off in April and I was like, yes, finally, like the freedom to just really dig into some games. And I proceeded to sit on my couch and watch, you know, like NCIS and just garbage on the TV for literally five months. Like I've gamed less since the pandemic started just because like, yeah, I just sit here and go, "Ugh, I just I don't have the energy.
2: Right. Like I'm working from home now. And like, that's another thing where like after work, I'm like, OK. I closed my laptop and I'm like, oh, it's free time, me time now. But I'm just like, mm. but I could just take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I could do things, but uh, I could yeah. watch the great British break off again. Like, <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: I feel like, and and that makes sense. I'm doing things that are low effort and low thought because like, you know, stress, there's a global stress right now. Mm-hmm. And like, the more things you can do to like lower that makes sense. And so like, games that raise stress or take a lot of thought and concentration and like mental energy. Gosh, I feel like that's why I've been even able to play Bloodstain because like, I'm now at a point where like, all right, I'm a little better even though things are still rough. I'm not as in a rough patch as I was like last year. I think last year was rough for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, my brain can focus now on things that are a little more difficult, little. Keyword, <laughs> a little more difficult.
1: more difficult. Yeah, so many games, I think, rely on that. You know, we were talking about like the sweaty hand feeling. It's that like the quote, quote, good stress where it's like, you know, games are a little bit stressful, but you still enjoy them because the idea is the reward at the end. But yeah, things like that, especially last year, there was just no room for that. Like I needed like literal, like soft, sweet things that were nice and didn't challenge me at all. And it's exactly that where like, I think somewhere along the way this in the past couple months, like the switch flipped where I went from being like just exhausted by the horror of everything all the time to like getting antsy again, where like, I'm starting to get like, I don't know. I just want to do something. I want to do something, anything. And like that has sort of inspired me to take up things like monster hunter again, where it's like, Oh yeah. I sometimes have to work at video games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, exactly. I agree hundred percent with that. Like, I feel like that's, that's the, I feel like that was why animal crossing was so popular. Like, a horrible time, but, like, Animal Crossing could not have asked for a better time to release their game. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it is, it is a macabre way to, for something to profit the way it did. I mean, like, it, and it became, like, this big thing. Like, wasn't there a talk show host that's still doing talk show host? And it's called, like, Animal crossing like talking with Animal Crossing and he has like actual celebrities come on and they just, like, <laughs> they just talk Animal about Crossing character and he like records on it like he oh has this gosh. like house set up as like a recording studio and stuff oh, like that that's adorable right? no it's adorable and like those are the type of games that like I gravitated to I played um, oh what was that there's this really cute baking game called Lemon Cake I think is what it's called uh, and it's uh, surprisingly you are running a bakery so there's a little stress involved but I feel like it's that just enough little good stress and like the reward feedback is so quick. Like a gameplay of like a bakery day is like 10 minutes. And so you're like running around baking these things, going back and forth. And then at the end of the day, there's a little bird that says, You did a great job. Here Aww. are your rewards. You've done. And the uh, developers would do an amazing job. Like there's a, some new modes coming out and there's a lot of stuff that's coming out. But I feel like that genre of like that relaxing common game is becoming a lot more like a short hike and the new, um, bathhouse game that's coming out I don't quite remember the game and they're like their management so there's like little stress of like having to manage things like stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I think for me cognitively that's helpful because like it is something in my life I can manage and things go well like I can have that slight stress when I'm doing things and then
0: some little bird comes in and says good job
2: yes (laughs) like I feel like that's it's it's a like I feel like that's what's really nice that sweet spot for me where there's like that tiny bit of stress I'm managing things from the back of my mind I'm like I got this this will work out I can handle this and at the end of the day like I have handled and managed things and organized things even though in my life I may not be managing (laughs) handling and organizing things Uh (laughs) uh-huh I feel like that also, like when we're talking about difficulty and stuff like that, I think that's why that lends itself to cheating. Ah. Yes. Because when you're in those like high difficulty, high like stress situations in those games that you have like that good, good mentality, knowing that there's something you can do to alleviate that and then get that feeling and that sense. Because it is the personal reward, the going back and forth that kind of creates that. Um. But it has its downsides and consequences. Like, for example, when uh, Dylan was talking about um, that mentality of, like, I did this and I did this and I'm so good at this and I'm amazing. I feel like that's why you got aim bots in games. Like, for me, it sounds like it would take the fun. Like, if you're playing a first-person shooter and you're just sitting there as your computer does perfect shots everywhere to get high scores.
0: Oh, yeah, that's boring.
2: yeah, it, it seems boring. But if your goal is to be able to boast with the best of them of like, look at my KD spread and stuff like that, then that would lend itself on why you would feel or necessitate that you have to cheat. And so I feel like, and it, it's similar. It's in like uh, MMORPGs where you have people who feel the ne- need to do like farming bots and stuff like that. And it's not even for gameplay sake, because like you said, it's boring. I don't see the enjoyment of stuff like that, Mm. but you get to go on your forums and online and I am like, I farmed 99 of these. I've killed the gajillion of these and all that stuff like that. And I don't know. It, it is a difficult topic for me.
0: Yeah. So I was wondering if like the, the motivation was that was, was bragging rights or if the motivation for that was, you know, like actually making the bot and being like, look at this cool way I figured out of doing something better.
1: No. No. I don't think so.
0: Because <laughs> most people I think are that just...
1: The, the motivation for those people when it comes to anything where you're like aimbots, anything online is like, you're just there to make other people's day worse. That's why those people do that. Mm. In single player games, so I'll say is, this, so I guess we should it... define cheating right off the bat. Because yes. there's no such thing as cheating in a single player game. There is amending the game to work for what you want it to do.
0: Uh, oh, that's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please, I'd I'd love to hear your opinions, but yeah, that's where I stand is like, as soon as I have bought the game, I can do whatever I want to it in order to maximize my enjoyment from it, like mods, cheats, whatever.
0: That does not seem wrong. I just like, I have, maybe, (laughs) I don't know why this is, but you know how I'm like, hey, you know, like you shouldn't have to like write down anything in order to beat the game. And that's why I'm always like leveling up, you know, five levels above what I need, the recommended to be able to defeat the thing. I also feel that way in, you know, in regular like puzzle solving games. Like I remember in Myst, I did not look up anything and it took me forever to solve that game. And like, and I would just go back and forth to see if I noticed anything different and it took forever. And so like, it really sucked my time, but I was a kid, so I had time to suck. But, um... You know, so I've always, like, considered that, like, looking something up outside the game to be, like, the first level of cheating.
1: <laughs> and Wow, so you have an extremely strict definition, yes. then. Yeah. And cheating, but, like, including also, walkthroughs, is brutal.
0: <laughs> but, like... That's the only way I could beat things. I just like I try to do it by myself because I also have a very like high tolerance for like repeating the same thing or getting close because I don't know that's just part of it and maybe it's because my aversion to <laughs> cheating. Yeah, and then like I I got more into it later because I was like, you know, if I haven't beat it after this many things, I need to watch somebody play it. So because I'm clearly not like recognizing the, the, the strategy against a boss or you know whatever it is, and I can't wait, and I still want it.
2: I mean, I feel like. Okay, so I guess for a, a total opposite reference, I remember as a child buying those giant walkthroughs and starting the game and like, here we go. Make sure I get all the quests and items
1: and everything. Might as well just put in the game in the in the game. Turn to page three.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and I mean I've done that too because like when I played Little Big Planet, I wanted all the stuff, and the only way to get all the stuff was to like do the walkthrough. But then I would have to like actually execute.
2: I guess it depends on the genre because like there's levels of cheating, <laughs> cheating quotes, um, depending on the game that I'm playing. So I think why I was like really into those walkthroughs, because a lot of times in Japanese RPGs when I was younger, you could miss things and no longer be able to get that. And so like oh, yeah. you'd be playing along and you forgot to talk to so-and-so and give them the red diamond. And they're like, yep, that quest is now forever locked to you. And so my anxiety was like, that can't happen. <laughs> and so I would buy the walkthroughs instead of play for those games. But then for games that, like, didn't have, like, couldn't miss anything and, like, were pretty good at giving you in-game ways to figuring things out, like Bloodstained, say for that one time, I I didn't feel the need. Like, I didn't look up anything. I think the most I did was, like, when I needed to farm an item and I couldn't remember which monster dropped it. I'm like, okay, let me just look it up and figure it out. Um, But I was able to, like, just kind of figure everything out because I'm like, there's nothing I can miss. I can't miss anything and so uh usually for games nowadays games don't do that as much um they're not as as bad as that and so uh-huh. if i know a game won't do that i'll play it through first as the idea playthrough, and then play it again with my guys and walk there like completion time yeah. <laughs> but
1: as you point out you know a lot of a lot of that can be ameliorated you know like the 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 seeking things out on that level not necessarily cheating but like needing a guide to sort of figure out how to play the game right is really something that, like, can be essentially designed out, you know? Like, that's one of those things where when you get a good game like like Bloodstained, or I think about that with Hades all the time. Like, Hades has all of these different power combos and all these different ways you can play it. And I never thought to myself, like, ooh, I should look up how to do this because th- there was so much, like, joy to be had just from going, like, what did I get here? Because you never got to that point where you're like, ah, I chose an Ares Boon and Hermes Boon, and therefore I just can't do anything like there was always some feeling of like whatever i've got i can make it work into something and it sort of alleviates that need because especially in that game you know you're just gonna see something different the next time so you might as well see how far you can get with
2: this
1: (laughs) because the next time is gonna be delivering you this new exciting thing like again every time
2: yeah it's interesting though because of the different perspectives of cheating because i we're all circling back to that get good the whole concept of cheating in the first place is another topic that comes up like I completed the entire game without looking anything up. I'm like, cool boo. I needed to look up some stuff (laughs) and I still enjoyed it. Had like a great experience, but that's an achievement Uh for people. They like to say, I completed this game and I didn't look anything up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I go, I will say I go even further. So for, for dishonored, for example, I downloaded a cheat engine so that I could directly manipulate how that game works. Like all of the gates on like when you can use your powers, there's like a mana bar and stuff. No, no, no. Get that shit out of here. I want to have fun jumping around blowing people up like i i think yeah i think anything like that you know however you play the game is right you know thinking especially like as a as a developer i would rather someone break my game or twist my game or just look up a walkthrough and do it like man i just want your butt in the chair enjoying the thing i made and whatever Mm -hmm. gets you there is like yeah go for it
0: yeah so i definitely put that in the bucket of cheating but i also (laughs) think that that's okay
1: but that's the thing. Is like know. to me, that's not cheating because if that were control, that would have been an option. Why was that not an option to begin with? Every uh. game should be like control. That should always be an option. I should always be able to say, "Hmm, this game doesn't work this way. I need to change it." Like, and I think this is partly growing up with like Bethesda games. You know, like playing Skyrim on a PC is a very different experience from playing on a console. Playing oh, yeah. on console is like it's this sort of weird, slow game that's good with story but like has a lot of these weird things where, like to maintain immersion you've got to like put your stuff down and stuff like that it's like no my version of skyrim was i turned it on and i was master chief as i've said before (laughs) and that's the like that's the way to play those games because the Bethesda games will just break and you have to go into the console to fix them anyway just Mm -hmm. give the players that option in everything i want the console i want to be able to spawn myself health i want to make the enemies disappear i want to add enemies like why is that just not the standard you know like let people enjoy it the way they want like maybe for obviously visual novels that might be a little different there you might not be able to change the endings of the stories but again like who's to
2: stop you from doing that if you want to you know i feel like that's why for a lot of console games not console sorry pc games they encourage a mod community because it saves developers some work. they're like we'll give you the tools have at it <laughs> <laughs> create what your heart desires and the community usually does a good job like divinity original sin Two also has a built-in symbol you can like create your own storyline The things and you're like oh i wish it was like this but speaking of visual novels and cheating since you brought it up i guess what are people's thoughts about save scumming and i guess to for those uh to give a bit of definition so a lot of uh digital novels are actually just story-based games. There's like these decision points and you have to make a decision. And like, sometimes it will lead to a bad outcome. Like a character will die. Um, you know, something will happen. You'll lose, whatever. There's people who will save before every like large event. And if the event doesn't go the way they want, they will then reload the previous save and then choose the other one. Cause like, okay, that's the path I actually wanted. And Boy, so I like, feel
1: like I'm being personally attacked here. <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: I think that doesn't fall into cheating at all.
1: Whoa, that's an interesting wow. division. I all want right? an explanation for why walkthroughs are cheating, but scumming is not.
0: Yeah, interesting, huh? Because you're always allowed to save, and yet, like as a player, you want to see all the endings, do you not? Did you not read your 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 choose your own adventure things and then jump around and then go back? I did.
2: <laughs> Well, I bring that up because in the kind of visual novel, like interactive fiction, um, space, there's a big debate about that, and that's why uh-huh. a lot of games will have an auto save feature, and they won't let you really? create saves. Mm-hmm. And so can- then you play, and once you make a decision, you're stuck with it. I don't like that. I, me personally, uh-huh. I'm like, if you want to save Scum in the interactive fiction that I made, go for it. If you want to see your perfect ending, do it. Because here's what I think if a choice is so bad that a person doesn't want to play through it, then why was it there in the first place? Like, I feel like you can do moral and like, why do we even say moral? You can do difficult decisions with outcomes that are like, eh, or whatever without like totally hurting the character. Like, I think you can do that well. And like, if you're at a point where people are saving and just choosing a path, then you, you might've well created a linear storyline because everyone is choosing that one true path. And they've done research of this. Like when you have those like really stark changes, people don't like being bad guys. People don't like seeing other characters die. And like, I feel so bad because there's the work and the art and the voice acting for these like not good paths, And it mostly goes unseen.
1: Right. Wasn't that I, it was, bioware who was talking about that i think especially with mass effect how they said we wrote an entire renegade storyline five percent of story of of players even go down at once like nobody wants to do that so like yeah at some point it becomes hey if you're if you're like going for one of these really awful sort of things that you really like i really need to show the players some crappy stuff it's like maybe just don't the players are going to actively try and avoid that anyway like designing your game to do that is such a fine line to walk because sometimes, you know, okay. I will say there are some games where that works really well. Like obviously something like Doki Doki literature club, (laughs) the fact that (laughs) you don't get to save is it's kind of part of the horror. Like, you know, it really is about like gating how you access it. But that is like, that is such a fine line between like, Hey, this is scary and fun. And Hey, this is incredibly annoying. And it's like torture porn where I'm just like, I don't, I'm tired of watching this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel the reason why it works for Doki Doki Literature Club is that you go into the game knowing there is no good endings; it's just gonna be a tragedy. Oh, exactly! The way down. You
1: have like you have to have those expectations <laughs> so set for that to work cleanly.
2: And so I'm playing through. I'm like, oh well, this is a terrible ending. Let me go see the other six terrible endings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's the way to do it. Like, I feel if like the Renegade shouldn't have been, you're a terrible person. I think Renegade should have been like you know, the a-hole with a heart of gold. That should have been the <laughs> renegade path. Like, it, people like those types of characters where, like, they toe that line of morality. It should have been an antihero instead of, like, they, I still think they toe too close to almost villainry. I'm like, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like I'm doing good. Because sometimes I would pick the renegade options. I would be like, okay, small spoiler. There's a part where you're walking in and there's this kid that's going to sign up for, like, just assume it's something akin to the military and you can see he's not ready. He's like fumbling with his gun and like, he looks young. And so I think in the Paragon option, you just kind of like walk in and are like, maybe you shouldn't do it. But I think in the Renegade option, you like slap the gun and you're like, listen, kid, you don't want to do this. <laughs> Get the hell out of here and go. And I, I felt so good because I'm like, yeah, I'm telling him, don't do this. And it, Again, it's that like anti-hero with a heart of gold type of mentality the the action was a little rough but you're essentially like hey kid this this isn't for you go but yeah yeah at the end of it you're not like
1: life. wow shepherd was a bad person you're like okay that was a weird choice but like he got his point across because that's the sort of person he is maybe you know um yeah i guess i am thinking, yeah I, I should say i'm thinking all male shepherd because that's how i did mine but in my brain <laughs> in my brain it's a male shepherd and i apologize i realize different people shepherds are different things but yeah right? like it's Um, are you guys familiar with like the traditional Dungeons and Dragons nine alignment scale where like there's sort of the axis the axis the y-axis is good to evil and then the z-axis is like law to chaos sort of how you approach it and so like it seems like a lot of games like specifically Mass Effect but also what's the one um it was the ps3 launch title with the the zappy powers oh why can't I remember the name of that game it had two sequels. Anyway, so there's a PS2 game or PS3 game that was really popular um, that was a superhero game that was sort of the same thing where you had these lightning powers and you essentially sort of molded this city as like either the superhero or supervillain in charge of it. But again, it engenders that same sort of disgust in a lot of players of not wanting to be just a full supervillain. And I would much rather see at like a... Choices that reflect a person on that law or chaos scale, whether you are someone who gets along with authority and like easily follows instructions or whether you are sort of the, you know, do it your own way. Don't take anyone else's help sort of thing. But both of those can like get to a goal without like eating literal piles of puppies or something like the way it does in Fable, you know, like (laughs) giant red horns coming out of your head and burning eyes. Like, yeah, it's just there's not much room there for good stories because the character has become so flat just to make it like oh your your choices mattered
0: so where would no. i fall on that scale given my attitudes towards cheating
1: i think you're mm. very firmly a neutral character okay because you so like there. there's again neutral is always the middle option like law and chaos are, are typically for people i feel like who are you know chaos is for people who like You know, I'm sure you've met people who are like, "Yeah, I want to wake up and do a different thing every day." Like those Mm kind of people. And the Mm -hmm. law people are the people who are like, "I was a banker at 13." You know, like so most (laughs) people don't really like end up in both of those, in either of those like extreme ones. You're definitely, yeah. Your your position on cheating, though.
2: I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It is very interesting. It's probably because I
0: I grew up in an age before. Not before the internet, but before the internet was big
1: and you're jealous that you're you're jealous now that these young kids are yeah, running around they should and be able be missed
0: to do the in fifteen hours I or did. less
2: lots <laughs> okay. lots of time on every single game. <laughs> yep. um, but I mean, that is a good question. I like we're talking about cheating before the age of the internet, like i said i but then again, I guess I was the one who bought the walkthrough guides. I feel so bad that was such a great industry. I, I do actually miss uh, that yeah. of like buying the game and like getting that beautiful walkthrough companion. They with were the so because it wasn't just like here's how to do it. They gave like backstory on how the game was developed and the art and some of the lore and stuff like that. And like, just that that industry is gone now with wikis.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I remember there was. I think it was the Primo. There was. We got a strategy guide for Pokemon as little kids, and like the amount of like, yeah, someone put the time to write all these jokes and like point things out from the anime that aren't in the uh, in the games. Like it's just yeah, these people put a lot of work into that stuff, and it's really enjoyable. You know, some of the funniest games writing I can remember reading as a child is you know how you like. When, when they're like game facts used to do this a lot where they just have the text ones. Like we're just, it's wall of text and all the like ASCII art people would do for that. Like completely unpaid, you know, people just being like, I just want to tell people how to play this game. Like a <laughs> lot of really cool stuff went into that.
0: Yeah. Well, I was no, going to say yeah. those game guides were so popular. Some people bought them and didn't even own the games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were, they were really popular, but I feel like even when I'm trying to think of like the, games i started playing where i first started understanding oh i'm playing this computer game i can cheat in a way more conventional than just how to play it i think it was the sims oh. and i did my little well, i don't even remember what the key code is Control Alt C, and i'm like bladder up and i was like r- rosebud yeah rosebud
1: so like exclamation point colon exclamation point colon to, yeah like, repeated a bunch of times to get the yeah money. yeah oh yeah. i remember doing that
0: yeah Definitely I feel like that's cheating why in my book. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. And I feel like because I had such an early age, I got used to the mentality of like, I can play this game, but if I need to augment it, I will. And I actually play now in a similar style. So like there are certain saves where I'm like, I won't use any cheat codes save for like quality of life ones where like, mm-hmm. it just makes the game better, but I won't like really money. And I do like the experience of like actually playing with the games we can to go through. But then I have my power fantasy. I wouldn't even say power fantasy. I have my perfect world games are going. I'm like, I'm a billionaire. And like my <laughs> parents, you know, work at XYZ and I own a clubhouse in the <laughs> islands. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's, it's just, it led, I feel agreed to Dylan. I feel like cheating in a single player experience, because multiplayer cheating is an entirely different issue. Mm-hmm. Um, in a single player experience. I agree. I think I'm more closer to him where I feel like it's just augmenting your experience to enhance your gameplay at that point because like yeah. the only person who benefits is you it's not like someone yep. else is gonna be like well Talking you put about it the xyz first ones.
1: yeah yep. the first ones that that you brought to my mind vividly uh so i wasn't allowed to have video games as a kid so i had to sort of like pick them up at, at other people's houses and i remember vividly the first time i ever played starcraft and i was playing it at a friend's house and it was like 9 p.m he was going to bed his parents were going to bed and i thought to myself and i think i've told this story to you before yep. but <laughs> i thought to myself i just can't I can't not see the end of this game. So I looked up all the cheats and I played all night. Ah. And like, that was the only way, you know, if I had played it without cheats, I would, I would have gotten through two missions and I would have gotten stuck and I would have had to think about it and practice unit building because it was a very micromanaging game. I, was I, like, I, I no, just assumed I wanted to see the cool player. story.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I cheated 100% all the way through. I cheated through the whole thing so I could see the ending and go like, that's awesome. So
0: how did you know the cheat codes? That's what I always like threw me off because now there's the internet was there the internet back then too I'm older. i don't remember
1: how i got the cheat codes um for us you know growing up with kids who played a lot of video games often there were you know word of mouth stuff like in Age yeah. of Empires we learned all the Age of Empires how to spawn the Corvettes with the machine guns and stuff like that's all word of mouth like it's just your friend was like hey let me show you this cool thing yeah, but and like you remember as a kid you, you hold on to those mm-hmm. nuggets of, of information like gems man you're like there is no cow level there is no cow level I have to remember this code it's the key
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like I asked Mark where they came from originally he was like well magazines Nintendo Power had that- a lot of them and I was like that's that's probably why i think it's cheating if you have to like be able to afford the magazine to to have the place through it feels like cheating that's
2: probably where my, one of like, your friends that's all it only takes yeah it only <laughs> takes one and then true. they like Here's the list, guys. And that's what one person would buy it. And I remember being in like elementary school and they're like, hey guys, I got the of digital pattern. And then like everyone just gathers around them like, okay, turn the page.
1: <laughs> but a lot of this stuff about the, like, you know, talking about finding these things pre-internet, You know, most of these games that we talk about, you know, I I don't know exactly how old you guys are, but you're about the same age I am. And there's really no pre-internet. There's only pre-widespread internet. So the internet was just the same as the magazines. It was like, did you know someone who had the money and time to be running a Usenet group or something like that? Because, you know, IRC and Usenet were already huge. But, you know, when I was born, certainly my dad met my mom on the internet. So, like, they, they kind of, that stuff was there if you had that stuff. It was just like, it wasn't where it is now. Where you can say, yes, every house has a machine that will tell you video game cheats. <laughs>
3: yeah. No,
0: I'm about ten years older than you.
1: Okay, so you're you maybe at the youngest point, like, but you weren't playing video games, I assume, when you were three. And I know by 1985 no. there were certainly like yeah. multi-user dungeons and stuff like that had already been going.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but what? it wasn't. Oh my god. Oh, I, I did that
1: as a little kid, man, when I was like really yes. little. I remember my dad booting up a terminal so I could go and wander around and type with the
0: yeah, <laughs> that no, and IRC, I wasn't man. into that. <laughs> yeah, and it was a lot harder yeah. to get on the internet.
1: But yeah, I can understand how it's frustrating if there are cheats out there that you just don't get access to because really? you don't have have a way to find oh. the knowledge. Okay,
0: how do you guys feel about old things like the game genie?
2: I didn't have one. And I don't even think I was the right age for one at the time, but I know what it is.
1: I remember being super jealous. Yep. That okay. was sort of, that was my Pokemon ex- obsession was long because I like fell in love with Pokemon when I was seven and I, you know, got my first video game console when I was 16. So like there was a good oh, nine years there that's... of being like, wow, that's cool. I love your Pokemon. Can I touch it, please? <laughs> but it's the same thing. I mean, it's just like, it's just like that cheat engine I downloaded for, yeah for yeah. Discord or yeah. not Discord, <laughs> Dishonored. <laughs> I wish there's <laughs> a cheat engine for Discord.
0: I would put that in the the section of cheating. But like at the same time, I don't care if anybody cheats. You know, if you have a game cheating, that's fine, but I would call it cheating. Until you get to I that multiplayer like, thing.
2: Yeah. But I feel like that's divide. I think that in the single player realm, there's some people who are like, yeah, that's cheating, but hey, that's how you play the game, do you. And there are people like, match cheating did you really experience the game like it was supposed to (laughs) (laughs) did you
0: experience
1: it like what
0: (laughs) i should start start doing that to people like you're cheating (laughs) you're messing up the integrity of the game
2: (laughs) right and i think at the end of the day that's the biggest divide like not whether it is or is not cheating it's how people see it because I know, it, like, my The sister, moral for example,
0: morality of it is the difference, not the definition of what falls into the cheating bucket.
2: Right. Like, I think we would occasionally look stuff up, but I know she was playing Spirit Tracks and she was sh- so proud because she, that was, I think that was the first game she completed from beginning to end. Because, cute, when she was younger and she would get stuck on spots, she'd come over to me and be like, here you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm the pot in the bucket of cheating but i totally did it
2: because <laughs> that's right. okay and when i got her over that she'd be like okay i'm ready to do the rest now thank you bye
1: um uh, <laughs> uh, martha's gonna be mad if she listens to this but so this is what has been happening with uh martha's been playing narita boy on switch which uh is a sort of retro like 2d platformer like hack and slash fighter thing um, mm-hmm. And it's got some pretty floaty controls. It's a good game, but it's like, it's a little bit floaty on the controls. So Martha was stuck on a, on, at one point where like, there's just this section she couldn't get through because it required some tight jumping and then a big fight. Um, and I was sitting there watching her and, I, and then finally she was like, all right, I'm done. And I was like, can I just, you know, like, I, I, I can oh it for you. she's like all right can you just get me past this real quick and i was like sure no problem so i picked it up i went choop choop you know i did it in like three tries or something not like i'm not like saying oh i'm amazing but like for me it was the kind of thing where like this is the kind of game i play a lot of like okay I yeah just, you know, mm-hmm. like learn how high the jump is learn at what point you can dash. blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. so like i was like oh this is kind of fun I'm, like getting into it she's like no give it back this is my experience <laughs> you got past your thing now it's mine again <laughs>
0: Yep, yeah, I think right? that would be my 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 angle. And I'd be like, okay, thank you for doing that. That was <laughs> too <out>. hard. This <laughs> is my game. Get your own safe game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because like I always had trouble with like dash things because I would just forget they were there. Cause you don't need it. You don't need to run.
2: No, I feel like that's why I like Dendara so much, is that there was no like actual jumping. So the really cool thing about um, Dendara is that when you're going in through, you stick. And so you use your, um, you have this guiding arrow and you point to where you go and you like teleport to it. So there's no, you don't really need to land anywhere. You're literally hopping around, hopping on platforms and stuff like that. There are a couple places where like platforms are floating and stuff like that. But like, it always felt nice that wherever I guided my arrow to, that is where I was going to go. <laughs> even if that was the wrong direction i knew okay yeah i pointed like, it in the wrong <laughs> direction i can fix that where for, i feel like a lot of platforms just like a jump you kind of gotta uh, feel yeah. where the right angle is and everything yeah like that. and then
0: like hit the button exactly the right time to, yeah. to jump at the right time so that you land because it's there because yeah i will sit there and because i'm so bad at that and try to do something forever because it's either just out of reach and it's supposed to be impossible but i don't recognize it because that feels the same as things that are just really hard and mark will come in and be like why are you doing that you can't get up there and i'll be like but it really feels like i might be able to (laughs) if i did this better i might be able to
1: See, I I, I remember exactly that point in Hollow Knight, too, because Hollow Knight does the whole Metroidvania thing where they love to show you, like, here's a thing you might be able to get to. And then, of course, you can't because you need a double jump or a second dash or something like that. But, like, you have to figure that out pretty quickly early on because you get to, like, two or three points where you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the way to go, but I can't get to the thing. So, like, am I bad? Or is this not the way to go? And you had to do it a couple times where you go like, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm not that bad at this. I think this is the wrong way. Oh,
0: see, I just assumed I was that bad at it.
1: And so, yeah, I can see how that would be frustrating. Because, like, yeah, for Martha, that the part that stuck her on that, that level of, of Narita boy over and over again was two times in a row she had to jump but not to max height and then dash. And, like, yeah. For someone who doesn't spend a lot of time going, oh, yeah, measure out how high the jump goes, total time to get to the top, wait till, like, you get halfway. Like, yeah, that's insane. If you're just like, yeah, I press jump and I jump. Why is there more to it than that? Mm
2: -hmm. That's where I'm (laughs) at, I'm very similar. That's why I probably don't play a lot of platformers And WoW. Metroidvania is just forgiving enough where I'm like, Okay. All right, I don't want to do too much here, but like once you start being like, okay, jump, jump, half jump, dash, dash, half jump, super jump, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Too many jumps, too many math. I don't need to fraction out my jumps.
1: Well, let me tell you about a little game called Monster Hunter, where there's a <laughs> jump and an alternate jump, and your back jump and your forward dash and your Z jump and your Z alt jump. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's oh a game where gosh. like you, I'll sometimes be inputting like the buttons and the monster will just leave, and I'm like, well, still got to finish this combo. <laughs>
2: oh no 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 no
1: i i don't understand how that game is fun it's just torturous you're
2: playing it but yet it keeps you coming back yeah
1: i can't (laughs) stop playing it but yeah it's like it's like trying to kill a a fly with a spoon we're like You have a thing that can hit flies, but only if you nail it exactly on the edge. And most of the time, it will just like gently cup and push it away. Like that's (laughs) what you're dealing with.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Monster Hunter, that's not single player, right? It it has. It's
1: both. It's it's both. It's multi and single, but it's all PVE. So like you're never competing with other people. You're Uh, just playing alongside them. But yeah, so it's all very monster focused. And like that's the other. I don't remember where I wanted to talk about this, but I was just mad about monster. I'm mad about Monster Hunter all the time now. It's in my dreams. But <laughs> I, that's another thing about that game. Thinking about how things are explained to you, we're like, I feel like Monster Hunter would be the kind of game I would be tempted to cheat on, except that it's so opaque that it's hard to tell what I would want because it's it's one of those games where like the monsters don't have health bars and there's no, like, it's not a very, like, the animation isn't super detailed, so it's not like there's a lot of visual indication, like, that they're all scarred up, you know, they might limp at the very end, but, like, these are, these are fights where, like, I'm just, you know, pressing the hit button for 20 minutes at a time, just full-on jumping and fighting, and, like, you just never know when it's going to end, because the monster doesn't react, you're, like, it's, you're hitting this immovable object, and so I, I ask myself, like, do I want the monsters to have lower health, or, like, do I want myself to have better weapons? Like it's hard to figure out what I even need because I don't have that visual indication of like, ah, you know, like my sword says 11 damage. and I don't go, okay. Is that 11 out of 1000 or 11 out of 50,000? Like, where are we at on this? And that like, it, it confuses me enough to where it's like, well, I'll just sort of hack at it until it dies.
2: Oh, I need that feedback. Like, I feel like that's something that's like indicative of like fighting. I'm so used to it that I can pick it out. Like, I'll I'll use Bloodstained all this entire podcast. I was playing Bloodstained and like you get those visual cues. Okay, I'm fighting and they're using the same moves. Oh, they switched up their moves. I'm probably at the halfway point. Okay, all right. They're starting to pull out those heavy ones and I can see that there's a lot of like upper dash. They're trying to kill me quick. They probably don't have a lot of health left. And I'm usually right. Like those are like, it's been so ingrained to me from like games over time that happens. Zelda bosses do it. All kinds of bosses were like, there's a certain beginning mechanic and once they start switching up their techniques, you're halfway. I and mean, then once they start doing their more desperate attacks, you're near the end. Go hard.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And makes-
1: like, yeah, the phases make it so much easier to do that. And monster, yeah. like, again, they... There is one – the one indication is it will go and sleep somewhere when it's finally ready to be weak. And like other than that, you that's your only like – it's a binary. (laughs) It's like is it 100% fine and going to kill you or is it basically dead in the Honda zone and you get nothing in between. So like – and especially because the cycling – so a lot of them, they have like these sort of power-up cycles are like, you know, first they'll do this thing and charge up their arm and then they'll swing around with that arm. And then sometimes, like, you'll arrive at the very beginning, and they'll just have both arms charged and be like, hey, guess what? I skipped right to the end. Now we're going to do all the whirlwind attacks. Like, it's so frustrating because you find yourself going like, gee, I've killed this monster seven times. I'm not sure I could do it in eighth, because at any given time, it could just flip that switch, and now you don't get to do anything. And and they love to layer all the... So again, they also... The whole thing is, you go and fight these monsters, and it's like, fight this monster, you don't know anything about it. So, like, it will mention, like, hey, this guy might use electric attacks, and that's literally it. In a game with, like, six different kinds of blight alone, it has knockdown effects, it has lightning effects, it has water effects, it has slow effects, it has fire effects, it has sleep effects, it has poison effects. It has a different paralysis thing that isn't being stunned. Like, and the fact that they're just like, well, you know, take some healing potions, uh, have fun. So, like, you're basically supposed to go in, get your, like, yeah, I'm I've, I've trying to find a way to say this because I've, I've only swore like twice this episode. So I'm doing really good. But mm-hmm. yeah, they just like you just are expected to get completely destroyed and then go, ah, that was my mistake. Let me go. And like, again, time to collect my 10 snow flowers. <sighs> and I can't wait. I'm literally turning it on as soon as this podcast is over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> but this is ah. so like this game has started to make me feel like I can like. Like touch the brain of the Dark Souls player and be like, I, 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 see it now. I feel your pain. I can understand. Like it's almost enough to make me like think maybe it's time. Like I sit down and get out a walkthrough and methodically play through Dark Souls.
0: Uh, okay. Um. Does somebody else want to do the outro, or do you want me to?
2: Got it. I got it. I'm ready. I can do this. All
0: right. Okay. One take a deal. Let's go.
2: (laughs) That's our show. This is normally the part where one of your nice hosts tell you to subscribe to Nice Games Club. So go ahead and do that, but only so you can catch it the next time we take over the show. The Nice Games Club is always looking for feedback. So tell them that Evil Games Club is the best. You can do that on Twitter at Nice Games Club. But whatever you do, don't fill out their feedback form. Nicegames.club slash feedback. Don't do it. Not ever. Episode notes are at nicegames.club. So until the next time we take over the clubhouse, remember to
0: be mean
1: and make trouble. And one one little mishap through that it's pretty good recording overall yep.
2: yeah <laughs> okay so um there's so, so much to edit i feel so bad for now <laughs> yeah like Oof. there was a like, we're done
1: it's
0: okay
1: what oh oh martha- sorry I was, talk- I was talking to martha see this is what i do <gasps> all the time because martha walked in and she was like oh and i was like no it's fine gonna- <laughs>
2: yeah okay apologies for the garage i texted Bo because in the garage open the garage it's i super couldn't loud, hear it so- Mark would be like, what is that noise?
1: Yeah, whatever. It was like one clip for like 10 seconds. It'll be
2: fun. Yeah. I didn't even notice.
0: Um.
3: What is that noise? Huh.